Welcome to LifePoint Church. Our mission is to glorify God and make gospel-driven disciples by engaging people in the unexpected joy of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? The earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I've got a question to start us off first, and that is, what does it take to grow? What does it take to grow? You know, as a kid, growing is, is sort of like a, a bit of a waiting game, right? I mean, that's kind of that's the name of the game. It's, as a kid, if you're going to grow, it you just sort of have to wait, <laughs> and the growth happens, right? Um, if, if you've had any conversations with my 10-year-old son, Caleb, uh, recently, you know that he really, really, really wants to drive, like, a car. <laughs> and he, he drives his remote control cars all over the place. He's got many of them. He's, he's he is literally knocking on neighbors' doors to try to earn money to buy new ones. He longs more than anything to drive a car. And for him right now to grow to the point that he could get behind the wheel of a real car, he's just got to gotta wait. <laughs> he's got six years of waiting. And, and you can just see him. Str- I don't know if you remember that as a kid, those of you who are not kids in here. Do you remember just like 
just like gritting your teeth, trying to make yourself grow a little taller so you could grab the rim or just a little bit stronger so that you could, you, you could do whatever it is you wanted to do. Like, like growth was kind of a waiting game a little bit as a kid. And yeah, I know parents eat water and feed the kids and you know, help them be healthy so they can grow. But uh, the, the problem is if we carry that same mentality forward, into other realms of growth, we can run into trouble because uh, growth isn't just a waiting game, especially if we're talking about growing as disciples of Jesus. And today is our final sermon in this series focused on growth as disciples of Jesus. It's called One Step at a Time, How to Make Disciples Who Make Disciples. And it's the kickoff for a special focus this year. This is our one-year vision focus. One of our pastors, our, our pastor of vision and preaching, Zach, leads us in, in making sure we're all pulling in the same direction. Last year, we focused on bold prayer. This year, our aim is to be intentional about the steps that, that God is placing before us for us to take to grow as disciples of Jesus. And so, um, a, a little bit of review uh, this, we, we've been looking at this graphic, and this graphic kind of represents uh, this, this series. Week one, Zach introduced the whole series. He asked the question, what is a disciple? It's an apprentice, a learner. He asked, how are disciples made? Well, they're made one step at a time. And then he asked a question that I hope still haunts you. And he said, have you ever made one? Have you made a disciple? Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven, after, after walking out of the grave, was go and make disciples. Have you made one? And, and Zach unpacked for us this first step, what it means to engage people as salt and light. And uh, I just want to encourage you that these, these messages in this series, they're very foundational. So go back and review if, if you're not remembering, if this doesn't feel familiar, or if you missed, or if you're just joining us now, I want to encourage you to go back and, and listen to this message. You can find them at sharethelife.org. Uh, you can go to resources, find our sermon archives, and, and watch or listen to these messages because we need to keep in front of us what it means to engage our world with the gospel because that leads us to the next step, which was week two. Craig talked about what it means to evangelize, to, to not just engage people, but, but to actually carry the gospel and speak it. And, and he had our Bibles out, and we were marking up our Bibles so we would each be prepared to walk somebody through what the Word of God has to say about receiving, receiving the gospel of Jesus through the Romans Road. It was a great day to be equipped to go and evangelize. And we heard that testimony from Rock Dion. And I if, if, if you miss that, go back and watch that. And I just have to tell you, I've, I've had the privilege of praying with Rock for the barista who made our coffee three minutes ago that just heard the gospel because he's faithful to evangelize. This is how this man lives his life. And, and go back, be encouraged and equipped as you see what that can look like. And then last week, Dale walked us through what it means once we've crossed the line of faith. We've, uh, God's people have been faithful to engage us with the gospel, to evangelize, to share, share the good news of Jesus. And somebody encounters the cross, walks across that line of faith. They receive this good work of Jesus and become a follower, then it's time to be established in our faith. And Dale unpacked that for us. And today, today we are looking at the last step, equip. And the reality is this whole series has actually been doing what this last step says. We have been equipping you at every step. So go back and take a look at these messages. Um, but here's the thing. I imagine today you might have the same question I remember having in 11th grade in Mrs. Stortz's classroom. 
for the first day of AP Bio. And listening to what this class was going to cover and looking around at the people in that class who were super smart, knowing I hoped never to have another biology class after high school, and I remember sitting there going, is this for me? <laughs> is, I think I'm in the wrong place. This, this AP class is for like the advanced people. <laughs> this is for the people who like are good at this. <laughs> this and, and, and so I went and um, changed my, my schedule and took the rollerblading <laughs> class. This was the 1990s. We had a PE class. It was rollerblading around town. It was awesome. It was so much better than AP Bio, um, and, and God bless you people who love biology. It just was not, not me that day. But, but are you asking that question today? Are you asking this question, is, is this a quip step really for me? Like, can I just, like, like, like do the engage and, and, and maybe kind of the evangelize? That's scary, that, that's scary, right? That's scary, but you can still do that. And then I, w- I just want to camp out at establish. I just want to be really, is this a quip thing really for me, or is this for, like, the AP kids? You may have that question today. And looking at the church, and not just our church, but the church, it, it seems clear that there's a great misunderstanding about the role that God intends. And not just intend as in like, oh, I hope this happens, but, but how God has actually designed the process of becoming a disciple to look like. There's, there's a great misunderstanding about the role that God intends equipping to play in our growth as disciples, followers of Jesus, learners of Jesus, apprentices of Jesus. So this is not AP Bio, and this is for you, and this is for me. And we're going to dive into it today, and we get this beautiful passage. Ephesians 4, this is like right up there with Genesis 3 and Romans 8 and John chapter 1. Like this is, this is one of those passages that, that you, you could spend your lifetime studying and every time you go to it, feel like, feel like you're learning something new for the first time. This is rich. This is beautiful. And it will be, I'm so excited that we have the next 84 minutes to go through it together. So that was a joke. I'm, we're not actually doing that. But go ahead and open up your Bibles. This is a good day to have your Bible open. We're going to be looking at this passage. On, and it is rich. It is deep. And so I just want to be, be clear right now that if you're, if you're hoping to learn everything there is to learn about Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, um, that's not happening today. But we are going to look at an overview. This, this passage has a special uh, kind of like big picture overview of God's overall plan for what it means to grow as disciples. And it's beautiful. So Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, we're going to unpack God's design for growing disciples to understand whether or not this equipped step really is for you, or, or maybe it's just for the, the, the guy on the stage, or maybe it's just for like the super Christians. We're going to really understand, is this equipped step really for me? So as we unpack God's design for growing, disi- growing disciples, we look at verse 1 of chapter 4, and, and, and we see that the, the, the goal as, as we walk through this is actually not found here in verse 1, but it builds throughout this passage. And, and you might need to flip over to verse 13. We see that the goal is to be like Jesus. That is the aim. And we talked about this week one. The aim is to grow into Christ's likeness. We want to become like Jesus. And we see this unpacked beautifully. Paul is just building up to sort of this, this, this peak of, uh, of energy. You can feel it rising, especially as, as you read it out loud here. But when we get to verse 13 and we see here, 
that he's talking about building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. He's not talking about like, a, like, like all of us turning into men. He's talking about all of us turning into like growing into the, the to be like the man Jesus. He's, he's talking about Jesus. We're becoming like him to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a good goal. For becoming a disciple. God's aim, his purpose in growing us, it is all about growing into the fullness of Christ. And we see that unpacked even more if you look at verse 15 of what it means to grow into, even he, he says like Christ is like the head and, and we're all parts of this body and we grow into him who is the head. It's like this dependence upon Jesus, this Christ-likeness that, that needs Jesus, that is dependent upon him. And it's amazing. Here's the thing, if you're here in church, if you're checking out God, if you are interested in Jesus and, and, and what it means to follow him because you hope to become the best version of yourself, you should probably go look somewhere else because that's not the goal here. The work of God in growing disciples is not to help you become the best you. The goal is to help you become more and more like Jesus. Your creator wants something greater and better for you. This is bigger than just, just like, 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 you know, kind of shining up who you are. He is making you into a new creation, and that new creation looks like Jesus. The fullness of the stature of Jesus himself. He is doing this in you. That is the goal. That's the aim. That's what this is all about. It's not becoming the best version of you. It's about becoming like Christ himself. And it starts with a calling. That's the second thing we see here. If you, if you go back to verse 1, all this whole process that culminates in becoming like Christ, it starts with a calling. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 1. He says, I, therefore, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, he's writing this from, from jail, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. It starts with a calling. You and I have been called. If you've received Jesus, if you are walking with him, if you've crossed that line of faith, you have a calling. You have been called to a specific purpose, and that is making disciples or apprentices of Jesus. And, and go back to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. We see this. This is the mission of the church. Our mission statement is a restatement of this verse. This is what it is all about. You have been called not just to be in church, but to, but to become like Christ. There is a calling. It starts with a calling. This calling, any calling, demands something of you. This calling is for all of the church, for all who belong to Jesus, not just for a few believers. And so I want to encourage you today that if you received part of the gospel, the, this, is, this is pretty common. This is actually my story. As a kid, I, I was at a camp and I heard a speaker talk about sin and I knew I needed help with my sin. I knew that I, I couldn't handle it on my own. And, and so I, I received Jesus as my Savior, but I kept doing my own thing. I, I did not receive this call to go make disciples, to go then do something. It was, it was years later at a camp. I mentioned this last week when we prayed for the, the snowbound camp, the middle schoolers, at a camp when was challenged by a speaker unpacking the scriptures who said, if you really are going to be a follower of Jesus, 
is how he put it. He said, you need to have your hands dirty in people's lives because you're helping them doing this work of ministry. And I knew, I knew at that moment, I have a calling. So I want to invite you, receive the rest of the gospel. If you've only received Jesus as a Savior, this, that's, that's not the gospel. The gospel is, it includes this calling which you received from the very beginning. And it's awesome. And this, this is what unites us. If you look at the, uh, the next verses uh, in chapter 4 here, verses 4 through 6, you see that this calling unites all followers of Christ in all places for all time. This is for all all of us. There is one body, one spirit, one calling to which you've been called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. This is what connects us to God's church, the church that is the church for all time, that includes the saints that have gone before us and includes those who will come after us. This is the calling. It starts with the calling. It unites us together, and it's awesome. But this calling, it, it doesn't just tell us that we have a job to do to make disciples. It actually shapes our character. It, this calling shapes our character. Look at verses 1 and 2 again. Paul says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. You see, as we receive this calling, God starts shaping our character. When we feel the weight of responsibility of this calling, and not just, not just the freedom of being free of our sin because we have Jesus as a Savior, but when we, when we are apprenticed to him in, 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 in this work of ministry, then that, that by itself is part of how God shapes our character as we receive this calling. A mark of a disciple of Jesus is somebody who embraces this work. True disciples of Jesus don't resist this work that he's doing in our character, this shaping of our character. It's, it's aimed at the goal to become like Jesus. Look at, look at what Paul picks out here. He talks about humility, which is the opposite of pride. And you can look at Philippians 2, 5 to 8. We're not going to go there today. We, we just don't have time today. But it's a great passage that unpacks what this word Paul uses here for humility means, it's, it's beautiful. Humility is the opposite of pride. And then you also look at, he, he highlights gentleness. Gentleness is like the opposite of anger. And it requires this great discipline of the flesh. And, you know, if, if we look at the only place in the gospel accounts where Jesus tells us, says, this is what's in my heart. This is the essence of who I am in my deepest soul. You see that he, in, in Jesus in, in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, says, in my heart, my deepest essence, I am gentle and lowly. That means humble. It's the same word for humble. Dane Ortland wrote a great book unpacking what that means. Go out and, and check that book out. But, but this, is, this shaping of our character is designed to, to hone us to be more and more like Jesus. And it's incredible. And um, that's really important because the next thing that we see that happens here is that after we have have understood the goal to become like Jesus and we realize we have a calling from the very beginning we have a calling and then receiving that calling starts to shape who we are in our character the next thing that happens is that the grace of Jesus actually equips us to go and do ministry look at verses 7 and 8 Paul continues he says but grace was given to each one of us not the AP kids <laughs> not not, not the advanced people, but to each one of us, grace was given 
to us according to the measure of Christ's gift. We've been equipped by the grace of Jesus in, in, in different apportions for different purposes and, and, and reasons and opportunities in our lives, but this grace was given to all of us and then it equips us. Uh, look at verse eight, it says, therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And if you're just reading this, like it's part of a reading plan, you might be like, what is going on here? This ascended on high and a host of captives. What is happening? It's, actually, it's, it's really beautiful. Paul, as he talks about this equipping grace of Jesus, he, he quotes Psalm 68. And Psalm 68 is a song that was sung at, out of victory. And if you go back and study Psalm 68, you'll see that the victorious king would, would, would free all of the captives that had been taken and bring them back in this parade. And then, and then he'd share the loot from, this, from winning this battle. He'd give people gifts. Now, here's the thing about, about Paul in Ephesians talking about this process of being equipped for the work of ministry. What we have here is, is the grace of Jesus is equipping us because Jesus is the victor. If you look at verses 9 and 10, he descended to the earth. He came from heaven and became a man and descended to the earth here. He's freed us from our captivity to sin and death by going to the cross, even though he didn't deserve it, and dying and then walking out of that tomb and leaving an empty grave so that we know that we have the sureness of resurrection if we are in him. And then, and then he's, he, he's freed us from our captivity. This host of captives, these are not like like enemy demons chained up, like, like he, they've not been taken captive. The host of captives are us. It's you, it's me. We've been freed by the grace of Jesus. And it's amazing. And then the gifts that he's given, if you look at verses 11 and 12, he, uh, it, it refers back to these gifts that are in verse 8. Verse 8 says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. So he's giving out the treasure from, 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 from this victorious battle over sin and death. And then, and then we have verses 11 and 12. It says, and he gave, he gave, these are the gifts that he gave. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. You see, the gifts that were given, that verse 8 talks about here, they are not things. They're not like, it's not treasure. The gifts are people. They're people that God has given to the saints. To the, the, the saints is a New Testament way to refer to all of those who, who belong to Jesus. The, the, the gifts here that are given are people who God has given so that the saints can be equipped for this work of ministry. The grace of Jesus has equipped us to do ministry, to, to participate in this work of ministry that God is doing. And this is how we, we, all of the saints together, get to fulfill this calling that verse 1 was talking about. Look at verse 12. Who is equipped again? It's the saints. It's all of us. It's everybody. And so we are equipped by the grace of Jesus to do ministry. And then, and then the, the final thing we see here is that doing ministry grows us into the fullness of Christ. That's what carries us into this, this growing maturity as disciples of Jesus, into that aim, that goal of becoming Christ-like, into the fullness of Christ. Look at, look at verses 12 and 13 here. This is so beautiful. 
we see that, um, that, that God gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What an incredible picture. What an incredible picture of spiritual growth and maturity that happens uh, with those who are, are apprentices to Jesus by the grace of Jesus. You see here in this passage, God has made this, like, this, this unbreakable connection, this path between regular Jesus people. That's me, that's you. Regular Jesus people who, who are, are following Jesus to be equipped for and then to go do this work of ministry it is that, that's how we grow in maturity and fullness of Christ. So if we step back and look at these, the, the five steps that, that are outlined here in this passage, we know the goal is to be like Jesus. All of us have a calling from the very beginning. Receiving this calling shapes our character. It hones who we are to make us more and more like Christ. And then we're equipped by the grace of Jesus to do ministry and then God doesn't just put gas in the car and leave the car in the garage. No, like we're equipped. So we go and actually do ministry. We participate in this ministry. And doing ministry grows us into the fullness of Christ. This is how you grow into Christian maturity. Which means, if you've been doing Christian things for a long time, and you're not doing ministry, you are certainly growing. But what you're growing into may not look like Jesus. If we are, are, are simply taking in every podcast and sermon and, and, and preacher that, 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 that we like to hear and, and reading every book that's out there, but we're never actually going and doing ministry, we're growing into the fullness of something, but it's not Christ, my friends. We need to grow into the fullness of Christ. And so we come back to our question from the very beginning. Is, is this equipped step? Is it really for me? <laughs> is this really for me? Or can I just camp out at the established phase and engage my neighbors and you know, pray for the people who are gifted in evangelism? That's hard. That's scary. But is the equipped step really for me? Here's the thing. If we want to grow as Jesus' disciples, we must embrace opportunities to be equipped and to become an equipper. This is what God has placed before us. And so I want to invite you to ask yourself two questions today. Two questions today. The first question, how am I equipped for ministry? How am I equipped for ministry? Ask that personally of yourself. Um, you know, if you've been with us for this series, uh, you, like I said before, you are now equipped for ministry at each of these stages. You've been equipped to engage, to evangelize, to, to, to be established in your faith. Um, so, th like the answer to this question, if you've been here with us, is, is, is that's how you've been equipped. Go do it. Go. Do these things. 
There's lots of resources and specific training for, for, for your specific place that you might want to serve. I just talked to somebody this morning who's, who's got the perspectives class coming up. That perspectives class is for people who have a heart and a passion for God's global work. And, and it's a great resource in the church and our community to grow and be equipped for this. We're going we're gonna to send some global brand new global partners out later this year who have been equipped through the perspectives class and are being equipped through their sending agency. There are other ways you can be equipped for ministry as you understand how God has built you and made you and, and some of the particulars of where he's drawing you based on your interests and passions and gifting and life experience. There's lots of resources for specific training. We've got opportunities for moms to grow in what it means to be a mom here. We've got mom's life. There's DTMs that, that going on today that will teach you how to understand and unpack God's word, how to study God's word. Um, my friend Dan Anderson, some of you know him leads a whole ministry aimed at equipping those who are in the business world in the business community for 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 living in and a life of ministry in that realm that that glorifies Jesus we've got people all of our staff members are here are prepared with plans to equip you for ministry whether that's working with kids or youth or a care team or or whatever it looks like there are more and more specific opportunities so the question is, how are you being equipped for ministry? Maybe you're not sure where to even start to be equipped for ministry. And like I said, review these previous sermons. They will equip you. You, you could walk out of here ready to share the gospel with somebody if you go listen to week two. You could be ready to evangelize. So go back and check that out. You can also begin with prayer and your Bible. How many of you have a Bible? Anybody in here have a Bible? Okay. If you don't have a Bible, Zach loves giving the Bibles away. I do too. You grab that Bible right in front of you. Take it. We also have some out, out there. If, if you need a copy, um, you, can, you can begin with prayer and your Bible. You can pray for the people you come in contact with. That's one way to engage people is, is to just simply pray for them. Do you remember that question? Imagine somebody going through life with nobody having prayed for them specifically by name. So learn the name of the lady who cuts your hair. Learn the name of the person that, that serves your, your, your table at night at the restaurant and pray for them. You know, one of the people I admire who does this, who realizes he's been equipped for ministry, and I didn't tell him I'm going to brag on him, but he'll be super embarrassed. It's my friend Russ. He's our, he's our maintenance coordinator here at the church. I love the way he has a, like he's made it his mission. When, when their family goes out to eat, he asks the server, he says, hey, I'm, I'm a man who prays. How can I pray for you? He engages people with prayer. He gets involved in the work of ministry through prayer. He's made it a goal this year to go and, and, and ask, engage every vendor who works in our building. The guys fixing the AC units on the roof and, and the, the plumbers that come to fix the problem we had this week and, and, and with our plumbing. Like He's engaging every single one of them. Ask him, how can I pray for you? If you come do work in this building and you're a tradesman, you're getting prayed for because Russ is here and he's equipped to pray for people. I love it. Sorry to embarrass you, Russ. Do you have a Bible? I, we ask this question. You know, Hebrews 3, 12, and 13 talks about the calling we all have to exhort one another with God's word. If you have a Bible, then you have the opportunity to participate in the ministry of the word. The ministry of the word is not for those who have a gift of teaching. It's for those who have a voice and a copy of the scriptures. You can, you can, even if, if you don't know how to unpack and explain it, you can 
help somebody be established in your faith, your, your husband, your wife, your kids, the person you meet out here in the foyer, somebody you run into at school, simply by saying, hey, I was reading this verse today. Can I share it with you? And simply read a verse. The ministry of the word, uh, some uh, have called it, Tony Payne, has, uh, an author has called it, the ministry of the many, is, is so very undervalued. We all are called to the ministry of the word. How are you equipped for ministry? There's ways you can go get equipped more, but you're equipped today. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus, you are equipped today. Um, if you want a little more structure for what it looks like, to do ministry with people you might meet here over a cup of coffee, you can also head to our website, sharethelife.org slash likejesus is, is the URL. I put it up there. You can snap a picture of that. Here's a screenshot of what that page looks like. If you go there, we, we, th this is not new. We've had this for a while. This is a tool that you can see three different ways that Scripture calls us to grow in Christ-likeness. There's scriptures in each section, and then there's a list of 10 questions that you can walk through, and, and you can sit down with somebody and say, hey, can we go through some of these questions together and talk and pray, read the scriptures together? Boom, you've done ministry. You're equipped to do ministry. You can help the saints grow by doing this kind of ministry. We all can go and do this. My other question for you. You ask the first question is, is you, know, you know, like, how am I equipped for ministry? My second question for you is, who am I equipping for ministry? Who is it that you're equipping today for ministry? What are the ways that you are leading or serving? We've got a lot of people in here who have led and served in a lot of really awesome ways over the years. There are, man, there are some dear saints in here. And my question is, who are you equipping to take your place? Who are you inviting to join you when you come and serve on a church work day or you, or you lead a life group? And, and who is it that you're saying, hey, why don't, you, why don't you join me in my prep for our life group this week so you can see how I do it and, and maybe you can take a turn doing it. And, you know, who are you equipping for ministry? Leaders, I'm speaking to the church staff. I'm speaking to anybody in a position of leadership. Leaders, to be a leader in God's church, not just this one, but God's church, is to be an equipper. If you are not equipping people for ministry and using your role of leadership to do that, you are missing God's plan and design for how we are to grow as disciples of Jesus. Go and do it. The, the other thing is that if, if we are not equipping people to do ministry, we, they're missing out on this opportunity to grow into the fullness of Christ. If you need a place to start equipping somebody else for ministry, I want to encourage you, simply bring them along to serve with you wherever you're serving. Are you a greeter? Grab somebody you don't know. Grab somebody you've started to get to know and say, hey, why don't you come serve with me this Sunday? Join the greeting team. Are you uh, working as, as a, a minister in our early childhood wing? Find somebody to come and join you and, and introduce them to Cheryl and get them trained and equipped. You, you bring people along. That's a way that if, if you don't feel like you are a leader in, in the church, you can help equip people for ministry simply by saying, hey, I'm going to do some ministry. I'm going to serve in this way. Why don't you come along with me? Do it together. 
You know, we've got people who are serving with our, our ministry partners, like Serve Six Aid and the Alpha Center and, and the Fort Collins Rescue Mission and Harvest Farm. If, if you are doing that, grab somebody, take them along with you, and, and in that, you can begin equipping somebody for this work of ministry. I love, uh, one of the things I loved about the testimony from Rock a few weeks ago with Craig in week two of this series is he talked about how his parents would do that. They would take the whole family along to serve in all these places so they would get the chance to see mom and dad doing ministry and then get the chance to step in themselves. That's what equipping ministry can look like. You don't have to be on staff at the church to be uh, an equipping leader in God's church. We are called to equip. To close, you know, we, we see this is God's plan. This is his design for how we are to grow. Why do you think he would involve us in his ministry, this work of the gospel? Why would he make us participating in his ministry by doing ministry and being equipped to do ministry and equipping others? Why does this matter to God so much that he would make it a central part of what it means to grow as a disciple? One of my mentors and friends, a former pastor here at this church, Mark Hankey, he used to tell us that um, ministry, especially vocational ministry, but all, all ministry roles, he said, you know, it's, it, it's the most insecure type of job you could ever do. Because the thing is, God is asking you to participate in something that is impossible unless he does it. You and I don't have the power to transform hearts. We don't have the power to pull somebody across the line of faith. We, we don't have the ability to do that. This is stuff that only God can do. Yet, he has in, invited us into it. Why would he do that? Because we're not going to be as good at it as he is. Why would he invite us into it? You know, the heart of what it means to be a disciple, and what we're all about here at LifePoint is, is growing more and more dependent on Jesus. This is our mission statement you can see here. This is why we exist. This is a, a, a restatement of that Matthew 28 passage. If we invest our lives, sacrifice our lives as apprentices to Jesus, doing the work of ministry that he doesn't need us to do. That he is impossible without him doing it. That positions you and me to be more and more dependent on Christ at every step. And when we are dependent on Jesus, that's when we draw closest to him. That's when, that's when we cry out to him most for help. God has invited us into this work of ministry by equipping us through the grace of Jesus because there's no better way to get closer to his heart than to join him in a thing that requires us to fully depend on him. I hope, I pray, that you will receive that invitation. That concludes LifePoint Church's podcast. For more information about our church, visit sharethelife.org.